The following KOPN podcast is made possible by the generous donations of listeners like you. Please consider a donation to listener-supported community radio, KOPN. You can donate securely on our website at kopn.org. Hi, welcome to Food Sleuth Radio, where we help you think beyond your plate. I'm Melinda Hemmelgarn, a registered dietitian and investigative nutritionist, and I'm on a mission to find food truth and connect the dots between food, health, and agriculture. And I couldn't have a more fitting guest with me today, and that is Hildy Steffi, who is the project director, or I should say program director, for Farm Aid, and I, I say that the timing couldn't be better because the Farm Aid concert is coming up in St. Louis on October 4th, and I want you to tell us all about that, but I'd also like for you to tell us a little bit about uh, Farm Aid, how it got started, and what you specifically do. Great. Well, I'm uh, really happy to be talking with you today. Uh, Farm Aid has a really long history. We're actually on our 24th year. Uh, began in a response to the farm crisis in the um, mid-80s. And during that time, farmers were facing skyrocketing production costs, uh, low prices for their products, plummeting land values, some things that farmers continue to face today and were really at risk of losing not only their land but their livelihood. So it's interesting. The, the concept started when Willie Nelson heard Bob Dylan at the Live Aid show saying something needed to be done for family farmers right here in America. And in a matter of weeks, um, pulled together a benefit concert along with John Mellencamp and Neil Young, who are also our founding board members, and pulled together 60 artists to perform to a crowd of, I think, 80,000 fans showed up to raise awareness about the issues and the struggles of farming in America. So we've been around for about 24 years, and we often joke that, uh, you know, our founding board members thought that they'd throw a concert, call attention to the farm crisis, and that the folks in D.C. who work on policy would wake up, fix things, and that would be the end of that. And clearly that hasn't happened. Our mission and programming is as relevant as ever, and we're still going strong. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, I, I looked at the Farm Aid website prior to our interview today, and I realize that you have answered so many critical questions on this website. I should say that uh, Hilde Steffi is the person who is, she is the voice behind the pretty face of Ask Hilde. And you've got a growing list of questions from people, I guess from all over the country, that write in and ask you things. Yeah, we do. We, we get questions, um, the frequency of which varies depending on the month and the issues that people are thinking about. And I definitely try to write back to everybody, and we choose to highlight uh, questions that come in, especially as they relate to campaigns that we're working on as an organization or policy opportunities that we're seeing in D.C. or different consumer issues that well, let, uh, are afloat. Well, let me just share some of the topics that you've covered here, such as for this month, are factory farms still a threat to American family farmers? How do I get involved in the dairy crisis? What's the best way to get more farm-fresh food into my child's school cafeteria? I see raw milk from time to time at my local grocery store. What's the deal? Is it good or not? How do you decide who is and who isn't a family farmer? Any one of these questions could fill our entire 30 minutes that we have today. But I, one question I would like to, I would like to get in depth on, and that is, 
what is a family farmer? Well, that's a fantastic question, and that's something that we mean that, you know, we're, we're asked continually and continually asking ourselves because a family farmer is a farmer who owns the land and operates the land um, or might lease the land, but it's their livelihood. It's what they do for a living, and a significant amount of their time goes into farming as a profession. So there are, you know, the grand majority of farms in the United States are still operated by family farmers. The real threat is that a number of corporate farms and real industrial operations, almost, you know, some of these are, are factory farms, we call them, have come in and have scaled up production and um, worked simply on the bottom line to become more efficient and created a real threat. So that even though there are a smaller number of farms that are accounted for, uh, they're producing the bulk of our food anymore and continually pushing family farmers who are stewards of our land who have been, you know, innovating and, and working the land for years, and they're uh, pushing them off the land, and it's a real problem. It absolutely is. You know, there was a report years ago by the Annie E. Casey Foundation that looked at what happened to rural communities when when family farmers were forced to leave their land and these factory farms moved in and that every indicator of child well-being declined when we had that switch. And I remember, too, hearing Mark Ritchie, who is the Secretary of State for Minnesota. He was one of the founders and directors of the Institute of Ag and Trade Policy, and he said, when we lose small farms, we lose democracy. And I think one of the things we have to be very careful of is the propaganda that comes out of these industrial factory farms. You know, I, I know you hear this, too, that um, they claim to be family farmers or family farms as well. How do you respond to that? Well, there are, in instances, there are family farmers who have contracted and who are working in, um, you know, with, with factory farm operations. And they are family farmers, and we are, you know, Farm Aid is here to respond to their needs and to help them um, get out of these contracts that might not be the best option for them and the most viable and to help them be innovative. And beyond that, sometimes it's not a question of being innovative. All farmers are extremely innovative. Sometimes it's just the system and they're trapped. And we need to fight for fair policies and to advocate for change and to get their, you know, their voices at the table so that there are, there are policies and infrastructure out there that enables uh, an alternative and an alternative that farmers are wanting and our consumers. There's this real good food movement afoot where, uh, you know, consumers are clamoring for family farm identified food and uh, local and sustainable and humanely raised and it's a significant and amazing marketing opportunity for family farmers. And so part of what we're doing is really trying to educate consumers about food and where it comes from so that they can continue to generate this demand and also demand policies that enable the type of food system. And on the other end of the spectrum, we continue to work with family farmers to provide them with the tools and the resources they need so that they can get there. Yeah, and, you know, on your website, I noticed that you've got several areas where people can go for some more information, one of which being that growing the good food movement and how to help more of us demand and receive 
the kind of food that we want from family farmers who are making the ultimate decisions on their farms rather than leaving it up to a corporate model. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. We do a lot of fighting. You know, we're working to fight for a fair system for family farmers. We're working on issues that are really tough and they're, you know, they're based on policies that are outdated and antiquated and, but, you know, deep in history. And on the flip side of that, we really want to promote uh, the alternative and to raise awareness about all the wonderful benefits of family farm-based food systems for personal health, uh, for the well-being of farmers and farm workers, for the land, for the environment, for social fabric and you know, community well-being, it's just endless, um, all the incredible opportunities that family farmers afford if given the right, op- you know, the right structure and policies to support that type of food system. And, and policies are always at the heart of, of our lives, and we, I think many times we take it for granted, which is another reason why I love the Farm Aid website, because you can go in and you can look at many of these policy-based issues. Are there any specific policy issues that you're uh, predominantly focused on right now that we should be aware of? There are a few. We've been working significantly this year on addressing the dairy crisis. Dairy farmers currently are being paid half of what it costs them to produce their milk and being pushed off the land. And it's at the core of the problem is an issue with our pricing formula and how the price for milk is set in the United States. And so we have a legislative solution that needs to come to play. We need to really look at and evaluate how milk is priced because right now it's controlled by just a few players. It's really susceptible to manipulation, and it's very volatile. Uh, uh, dairy farmers go through crises, it seems like, every few years. And they're resilient and they're hanging on, but this crisis, I mean, this crisis is the worst that we've seen since the Great Depression. So it's a really tough issue. We need solutions in the short term. We need, you know, emergency measures that will stop the bleeding and keep family farmers on the land. You know, that's the first step. We need Congress to reevaluate our laws and to come up with legislation that works for consumers, that works for family farmers, that works for processors. And then we also need some oversight. Uh, there are issues of concentration and perhaps manipulation of markets, and we need uh, the Department of Justice to, to look into these issues. And we're really pleased to see uh, that the U.S. Department of Agriculture and the Department of Justice have recognized that concentration is a large uh, problem in the food system, and they have announced a series of workshops that will take place in 2010, and so we're really looking forward to organizing around that opportunity and seeing how we can bring the family farmer voice to the table to ensure that the opportunity is not missed. Well, if you're just joining us, I am speaking with Hildy Steffi, who is FarmAid's program director, and she serves basically as the organization's principal issue analyst and program liaison. And I want to say that Hildy has an incredible background. Um, she has a master's degree in agricultural science and policy from Tufts Friedman School, and you also spent all of your summers on your grandfather's farm in Lincoln, Nebraska. So you've got some wonderful grassroots experience yourself. I want to just mention about the dairy issue. You know, I find this so ironic because, you know, for those of us working on the nutrition side and and wanting to get better 
animal and land stewardship. Uh, you know, I certainly promote organic milk, and I know there's a huge demand for that. And mm-hmm. yet, and yet we have dairy farmers who are struggling. And I wonder, is there anything that that the consumer can do? What can we do as the buyers of milk for our families to help protect and keep those dairy farmers on the land? Well, uh, to begin, you can try to get to know your farm, understand where your milk is sourced from in the grocery store. If there are local dairies that you can support, that's a great first step to buy minimally processed food. So to buy milk and cheeses and products that you know are uh, coming from real dairy that's uh, grown and produced in the United States. There's something called milk protein concentrates, which is one of those words that sends people, you know, flying out the door. But it's mostly about milk substitutes that are being used in in heavily processed foods right now. And it's it's a larger problem for dairy farmers because it's competing with uh, raw milk and and uh, fresh dairy products, but I guess the simple message in all of that is that if you buy minimally processed foods that you know are produced with dairy from family farmers, that that that's a really big first step. Another step is just to use your voice and to engage in the um, political process and in policy making. We have a petition that we circulated that is still online uh, asking the Secretary of Agriculture to establish an emergency floor price for farmers. Uh, We also have another petition, I believe you mentioned, trying to stop the USDA from providing loans to expand and and create new factory farms. So there are opportunities if if folks want to sign up for our newsletter or come to our our website and sign up for our action alerts. Uh, those are those are ways to engage as consumers to you know demand a certain type of food system, and then other than that, it's just about you know knowing your farmer, uh, knowing your food, and really doing your part to understand the food system and how it's all connected. Yeah, I love the idea of getting to know farmers and understanding their plights, and and sitting down at the table to find uh, solutions that can keep everyone you know, financially viable and well-fed. I know that the concert, the big Farm Aid fundraising concert, is coming up on October 4th, and I want to give us, you know, ample time to talk about how those funds will be used. And I do want to let people know that if you would like more information about any of the topics we're talking about today, including getting Farm Aid tickets, uh, you can go to www.farmaid.org. So, Hildy, big concert October 4th. It's your big fundraiser. How will those dollars be spent? Well, the money that's raised at Farm Aid concerts does a few things. It goes to support the projects that Farm Aid has going on in-house, from the different campaigns that we're working on to our farmer resource network. We have a hotline that's been in operation at Farm Aid since the day after the first concert. So for 24 years, we've answered farmer calls. And we've actually had record calls this year. We had record calls last year. So it's a service that is definitely well utilized, and we need to continue to build our resources and our capacity to reach out to farmers and provide them with the information they need. In addition to that, we have an annual grant process. We're really happy to be able to distribute that money to food and farm groups across the country who are doing such great work, whether it's on policy or grassroots organizing or providing workshops, 
help farmers thrive and, um, you know, innovate and think of ideas or grow the good food movement, uh, creating connections between consumers and farmers. There are a lot of different uh, program areas that we grant to, and um, it gives us reach that otherwise we wouldn't be able to have across the United States in terms of working with different organizations and trying to bring them together and, uh, you know, look for ways that they can collaborate to build a family farm-based food system. So that, that's where the money goes. And over the course of the past 24 years, we've raised just over $35 million. So it's a great opportunity to bring people together around music and to celebrate family farming and to uh, raise money for a great cause. Well, this will be the first Farm Aid concert that I've attended, and I cannot wait. Um, I, I think the music is going to be fantastic, and I'll have an opportunity to um, further tell the Farm Aid story. When you said that you received record calls this year, do you have any idea how many calls you receive from farmers? So far this year, I, I don't have the count on, on hand, the most updated one. I know as of June, we had received 500% more dairy calls, for example, than we ever had or that we had at the same time the year previous. Uh, last year, we received just under 800 calls um, over the course of the year. So weeks change. Some days we get one call. Some days we get 10. It depends on the week, I suppose, and the, and the situation. Um, but as I mentioned, especially with dairy, our volume is up this year. How did you come to work for Farm Aid? Oh, well, through luck. <laughs> I've always really valued Farm Aid and its uh, place in the movement. I think that Farm Aid has a really unique role in that it's a big tent. It really welcomes everybody in. That our audience is very diverse. The people who come to farming as music fans, some people do. Sometimes they're foodies or chefs or uh, get our fair share of, you know, policy wonks. People are really interested in, in the issues. Moms, we've got a whole slew of people. And so I just think it's an incredible opportunity to reach out to all these different constituencies and interests and, and consumers and also a neat responsibility and to be able to bring farmers and eaters together and try to affect this change for agriculture in our country for a very resilient, vibrant family farm-based system. I think that Farm Aid 3 is at a position uh, to do that work, and, and it's, I, I came to Farm Aid because I just really believe in, in what we're doing, and I, and I really value that opportunity. Hildy, one of the things I noticed from the work that you've done and contributed to for Farm Aid are these extensive answers to consumer and farm questions. And I love the way you've got all of your responses very well referenced. And I wonder, were there any questions that you've answered and researched in depth that you in particular want to share? Let's see. Of course, well, one that's kind of funny that comes to mind is Two questions ago, somebody wrote in asking about how to fit family, I mean, how to fit a farmer's market into their life and how to make it more convenient. And those sorts of questions are, are fun for me to tackle because I can think of ways that I can relate to them. I haven't been able to make it to farmer's markets as much as I'd like this year as well. And it really, to me, you know, personally, I connect to those sorts of questions and I am really interested in ways to uh, promote food from family farms and to think of uh, tips 
that help folks. Uh, those questions are, are fun, and, and we, I think, less often than the more policy-oriented questions. I think the credit question was really uh, fun to look into and challenging to communicate. Dairy was another one. I think that some of these issues are just really tough, and they're hard to communicate, and they're especially hard to communicate to people who might not be as as interested in diving right into the farm bill as you and I might, you know, there. It's hard to um, communicate some of the intricacies of how it all works together and who are the players and, and the different levels of solutions that are necessary uh, to affect change. So fun challenge of it as well. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think that we can probably get our arms around going to a farmer's market easier than we can delving into the credit crisis. And, you know, I think people's eyes tend to glaze over when we start talking about the farm bill and all the policy pieces, but they're very important. I know uh, one of the issues that you're looking at is the National Animal Identification System, and I know the there is a new food safety law on the books, and we have to ask ourselves, you know, how will the, these kinds of legislative policies affect the big players as well as the small players. I, mm-hmm. My sense is that policies need to be adjusted for the size of the farm and the, and the farmer. Have you experienced that as well? Definitely. I think that there is a diversity of agriculture in this country, and that's what makes you know the, our food system so rich, and, and we want to value and honor that diversity. And there aren't one-size-fits-all policies. We try because there's not one-size-fits-all farm depending on the region, the geography, the climate, uh, the landscape, the farmers, the crop being grown, uh, the production methods. You have a whole slew of different sorts of farm options out there. And if you, and is often done, focus on a large monoculture industrial-scale farm as the norm, then that's going to create problems for farmers that are more diversified, who are growing more products, who maybe are smaller in scale. And so, uh, you know, if there's, for example, a $500 registration fee for to be um, part of food safety regulation, that's going to hit a small farmer a lot harder than a large farmer who's, you know, bringing in more income. So there are a lot of risks to not recognizing and celebrating the diversity of agriculture in this country. Well, I think no other organization does as fine a job as Farm Aid when it comes to uh, providing a one-stop shop for farmers, as well, really, as a place for consumers to go and learn about how all of these pieces fit together. Now, uh, tell me what we can expect when we go to the Farm Aid concert. Okay, great. Yeah, the Farm Aid show is... It's fantastic. It's a festival. It's a celebration. Uh, a lot of people come for the music, but they go home talking about the food and the message and the issues, and, and that's really what we're hoping for. We, since 2006, have featured all local, organic, sustainable, family-farmed food at the concessions. We come in and, and kind of take over, and also backstage with catering is homegrown food as well. So we're really thrilled to be able to uh, offer this really wonderful and delicious family farm food to the concert goers as well as uh, the musician and the volunteers and the staff uh, who pull the whole event together. We also have what's called a homegrown village, 
which features hands-on activities for concert goers, uh, gives them a chance to meet with farmers and to learn about issues through experiencing them. Uh, we don't allow any um, paper pamphlets, for example. It's all experiential and hands-on ways to come and learn about how family farmers are enriching our soil, how they're protecting our water, and, you know, different different alternatives for for getting consumers to the farmer's market, all sorts of things. So it's a really exciting place to come and learn about food and, uh, and farming. Well, it sounds like even though this is a rock concert, and we may not think that it might be a place that we'd want to bring our children, it sounds like it absolutely is a place to bring our family. I can't imagine a better a better way to educate children about where their food comes from than the homegrown village. So, yeah, it's great. It's definitely a family-oriented place, uh, lots of fun and interactive exhibits. So, yes, definitely it's a family affair. And with great music that we can all relate to. Yeah, great music, certainly. How many people do you expect this year? I think we expect just under 20,000 uh, folks to come. So we're hoping to fill the venue, and I think that's about the capacity. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, um we have been speaking with Hildy Steffi, and Hildy is a program director at Farm Aid, and she is the she is the voice behind Ask Hildy on the Farm Aid website. And you can go to www.farmaid.org and learn more about what we've been talking about today and about the great concert coming up in St. Louis on October fourth. Hildy, would you like to leave our listeners with any last thoughts? Well, I just would like to say how thrilled we are to be in Missouri. Uh, this is the first time we've held the concert there, but we have deep roots in the state, and we've been working with great folks like the Missouri Rural Crisis Center and other partners in the area for years. Uh, we're really excited to come. We're really thrilled about all the good food that's happening in the state, and we're, we're coming and hoping to shine a spotlight on that and uh, really welcome everyone to come by and uh, check us out and be, become a part of the Farm Aid family. Well, we welcome Farm Aid to the heartland, and Hildy, I want to thank you so much for speaking with me today. Uh, in closing, I want to remind our listeners uh, that Food Sleuth Radio is produced at KOPN Studios in beautiful downtown Columbia, Missouri. And I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us today. And if you're anywhere near St. Louis, please join us at the Farm Aid concert. We, Hildy and I will be looking out for you. Say hello. Thank you. Thanks, Linda. <laughs>